Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. If you're like me, the holiday of Thanksgiving tends to creep up on you. Maybe Wednesday night, you realize, oh, it's tomorrow. Hoping you have enough groceries, and what do you do? Well, you spend Wednesday and then perhaps late into Wednesday night or early on Thursday morning worrying about what? The food. All the food. More food than your family will ever eat in one meal and more food than you could eat in three or four meals. And it's about the food. That's why people say it's turkey day. Well, that's kind of a hedonistic way of thinking about a holiday that's supposed to be about ostensibly giving thanks to someone, maybe if you're a Christian, to God. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us for some tips on celebrating Thanksgiving, Cheryl Magnus. She's managing editor for The Reporter for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and author of a recent column for The Federalist, Don't just eat your way through Thanksgiving. Practice these five things instead. Cheryl, welcome back. Hi, Pastor Wilkin. Thank you for having me back. You say that Americans are really good at sucking the true meaning out of holidays. What do you mean by that? So as sinful human beings, we are really good at taking anything and making it all about ourselves. And that is true of our holidays as well, whether secular holidays or religious holidays. We have a knack for turning in upon ourselves, you know, so we take Memorial Day and we make it just a fun day to get together and drink beer and have barbecue. We take Christmas and it becomes an excuse to shop and spend money and give presents to each other. And we take Thanksgiving and turn it into Turkey Day. And all of these things are not bad in and of themselves. You know, these are all ways that we can celebrate and enjoy these days. But if we let those things take over and make us forget the reason that we're observing the day, then we've lost our focus. Why and how can we reacquaint ourselves with the real history of the first Thanksgiving? So at the time that I was growing up, this is something we learned about in elementary school, and I remember hearing all of the the stories of people like Squanto and Miles Standish and so forth. I think maybe I got some of my best instruction in Thanksgiving from an old episode of the Brady Bunch where they acted out the first Thanksgiving. But the most accurate story or version of Thanksgiving that I ever got was when I got to college and I was um, tasked with reading William Bradford's history of Plymouth Plantation in an early American lit class that I took. And I was stunned. All of these stories that I remembered learning in elementary school, they were all true. They all happened. And William Bradford, who was the first governor of Plymouth Plantation, was there to see it all, and he wrote it all down. So I think, you know, the best source of any kind of history is to go back to first sources, primary sources, the eyewitness history. And I would really commend anybody that has not read that book to go find it and read it, maybe get it in a version that has some updated spelling, because the 
the archaic spelling can be a little bit difficult. And it's a big book. You don't have to read the whole book, although I would suggest that you do. But you can just go to the part about the first Thanksgiving and read that. And it pretty much tells you what this all traces back to and why we do this every year. What should we note about that first Thanksgiving? That first Thanksgiving, again, it really, really happened. It's not just something that's made up. It's not mythology. It's not just folklore. But it was this uh, historical event that actually happened. I would add that it's good to know that we actually trace our American observance of Thanksgiving to 1863, which is when President Lincoln called for a national day of Thanksgiving and for Thursday, November. And this is where we trace our national observance to. Thinking back to that first proclamation by Lincoln of Thanksgiving, I, I find that rather remarkable because the country was in the midst of civil war. And yet Lincoln called for the entire country to focus on the Lord in repentance, but also in thanksgiving for its many gifts. How should we cultivate genuine thankfulness leading up to Thanksgiving? I think that because we are, again, so inclined to turn inward and to not really think about what we should be thankful for, it's a good idea to actually practice it. And a great time to consciously practice Thanksgiving is during this month of November. I've seen people do different things. You know, sometimes on social media, you will see people post a daily Thanksgiving post on on Facebook or something like that. Sometimes I see people sort of dismiss that as showing off. I don't think so. I think it's a salutary practice and it helps to focus our brains on where they should be at this time. Other possibilities would be just to simply keep a journal of things that you are thankful for to engage in some acts of service. If you're not accustomed to practicing daily devotions with your family or praying with your family, this would be a great time to start and to to focus those prayers on giving thanks for our many blessings. What role does serving others play in fostering that thankfulness? I think that when we turn outward to serving our neighbor, it can help focus our minds on our blessings, because when you are seeing the need that is out there, when you focus on trying to meet those needs, then it may lead you to realize in a more profound way what blessings you do have. And Thanksgiving or the month of November, this time of year, I think you see some enhanced opportunities to do that. Churches and community groups and even places of employment will emphasize these kinds of things, services and projects of of helping the neighbor and so forth. So those things are easy to find, and those do help us to count our own blessings as well. Why should we invite someone to our family meal that we normally wouldn't on Thanksgiving? I think this is twofold. It's, again, another way to serve our neighbor, to look around in our immediate sphere and ask ourselves if there's somebody that we know, perhaps somebody at church, somebody at work, maybe even somebody that we bump into at the grocery store on a regular basis, somebody in the community that serves us, maybe dentist office or something like that. But it allows us to serve people that may not have a place to go by inviting them to our Thanksgiving meal. But the flip side of that 
and I think this is perhaps even more noteworthy, is that we will be blessed by their presence. I am reminded of quite a few years ago when we still had young children, and we were at a church in Illinois, and there was an older woman in the congregation that served on a weekly basis in the nursery at church, watching our children every weekend in church. And she was an unmarried older woman um, without a family. We invited her over for our Thanksgiving meal. Her name was Anna. And it was like having a grandmother there. We were far from family. We didn't have grandparents that could come and join us that Thanksgiving. And she filled that role wonderfully. So hopefully we were a blessing to her, but she was also a great blessing to us in just bringing her presence and her stories and that grandmotherly type presence to our family that year. Why is something as simple as praying before the meal so important? It reminds us of all that we have to be thankful for. We are reminded of our catechism. He richly and daily provides us with all that we need to support this body and life. And things such as food and clothing and shelter that we are so abundantly blessed with in this country, they're easy to take for granted. And so pausing before the meal, before the Thanksgiving dinner and before all of our meals to give thanks for something as basic and simple as food is a good reminder that all that we have and all that we need comes from the Lord. What should we pray? You know, I think people that aren't accustomed to praying are sometimes rather scared of the idea. I write um, in a recent article, the one that you mentioned about how I grew up not praying before meals. It wasn't a practice in my family. But I had an aunt who typically came for holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And when Aunt Lou came, we prayed before the meals. It was a wonderful thing. But it doesn't have to be scary. If you're not accustomed to doing this, we think sometimes of prayer as being something that we have to make up on the top of our heads. But we can pray the, the words our Lord gave us. The Lord's Prayer is a wonderful prayer to pray at any time, including before the mills. We can pray perhaps a psalm of thanksgiving, such as Psalm 100. Another way to pray, if you are a musical family, would be to sing a hymn of thanksgiving, Now Thank We All Our God. Or to simply go around the table and ask everybody to name one thing that they are thankful for. All of these would be fine ways to pray and to turn our focus toward the Lord. Why should churches offer a Thanksgiving Day service? You know, sometimes I have heard it said that churches shouldn't offer a Thanksgiving Day service or a Thanksgiving Eve service because Thanksgiving is not a church holiday. It's not necessarily a liturgical holiday, but it is a national holiday. I think that any opportunity to give thanks, any opportunity to pray is a great opportunity. So I am all in favor of churches having services for Thanksgiving Eve and Thanksgiving Day. What is the difference between the kind of generic be thankful that we see at this time of the year and Christian Thanksgiving? Be thankful does not have an object to it. Be thankful is simply a feeling. Be thankful does not identify the one to whom we should be thankful. 
whereas to give thanks is an action with an object. Again, going back to the fact that we are very good in our secular, selfish mindset of making it all about ourselves, be thankful is about how I feel, and to give thanks is turning that thankfulness to its object, which is the Lord. Cheryl Magnus is managing editor of The Reporter for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and author of a recent column for The Federalist titled, Don't Just Eat Your Way Through Thanksgiving, Practice These Five Things Instead. You can read it on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Cheryl, thanks. Thank you, Pastor. Up next, it's part six of our series on the difficult sayings of Jesus. Today we'll be in John chapter 10, where Jesus claims to be the Son of God, and he even quotes the Old Testament saying, You are God's. Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues, etc. journal. Learn more on the Support Donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues, etc. congregational sponsor. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Your lifeline to the Lutheran worldview. You're listening to Issues Etc. Relevant worship isn't about trying to look and act like the rest of the world to appeal to the culture around us, but relevant worship is about Christ. Hope Lutheran Church of Birmingham brings you truly relevant worship, where sinners gather to hear God's word and receive his gifts of forgiveness and peace. Visit us online at hopebham.org. That's hope, B-H-A-M.org. Or give us a call at 205-956-1930. We'll see you Sunday. Lugia Journal, the Confessional Dogmatic Series. The works of Kurt Marquardt and many other resources are all brought to you by Luther Academy. Did you know that during this time of COVID-19, your purchases and donations help Luther Academy supply these same resources to pastors around the world? Please consider helping us with this important need through your prayers and financial support. Learn how you can help by visiting lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com.